Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Hey, hey, welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansamove from Simple Creative Marketing. This is the first episode for 2022. Uh, and we've been on a bit of a hi- hiatus. Well, I've been on a hiatus. I've been on a break uh, and really getting my head into what's the plan for 2022. I have, I'm on a mission to get a book out and I've publicly declared that before. So I feel nervousness as I even share this now. Uh, but I'm going to bring on a guest who's going to keep me accountable. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about cold email outreach and specifically how do you use cold email outreach to engage with partners and potential collaborators Uh, and really you know a lot of b2b effort and time is spent on um, you know building relationships with different organizations or potential clients or partners Uh, but how do you actually do that and how do you do it when you don't know the partner or they don't know who you are so um I'm going to introduce you to Laura Lowpitch. Uh, Laura is a cold email and pitch expert who helps freelancers, consultants, and entrepreneurs make more sales naturally with emails. So uh, four months after launching her business, she grew it by 1,400%. That's a real number. uh, Using only cold emails. Uh, Laura's success continued when one of her cold emails brought in a $20,000 client. And uh, when you know, want to know how she did that, uh, and she has since helped her students get their big next big 10k or 25k client with cold pitch emails using her powerful uh, relevancy method. Now, Laura wrote a viral article on cold emails for copy hackers, and that's actually how I discovered her, uh, and has been featured on highly ranked industry blogs and podcasts. Uh, her words have appeared on Crazy Egg, Kissmetrics, Predictable Revenue, and Unbounce. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you would know most of those companies uh, and she's also spoken at conferences like microconf and shine uh, bootcamp all right so let's bring in laura laura welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here yes it's going to be a fun uh, engaging dialogue here around going cold in a good way and um just why don't we start off with just a bit of background i shared sort of the the, the intro story of how you know you had a really some great success early on with the business um which is is you know, not common, like a lot of businesses struggle at the beginning. It's kind of like, oh, I'm, I've gone from corporate or I've left my job or I've done something. And uh, like, you know, and it's uh, it's rare to hear these type of stories where, um, you know, you do something and it, it gives you that quick boost and you have that confidence and you're like, I can totally do this. Um, so can you take us through, you know, that experience and, and how did you even get into like launching your own business? What were you doing before? Yeah, great question. So before I was actually working as a trial paralegal at a law firm and I had been there um, for basically eight years and a lot of my job was confirming stuff in emails. Um, Basically nothing was was set in stone or actually happened unless it was written down because lawyers, as you know, like to argue everything. So they like... I had to document everything. So I got to be really good at emails. Um, And then I realized basically the next step up the ladder was to go to law school. And that was something that I had decided I didn't want to do. I didn't want to have like homework for a client for the rest of my life. 
So of course the natural next step is to quit in a flurry of rage and start my own business, which literally meant I actually did have quote homework for the rest of my life every night. But the difference was it was for me versus my boss, right? So that was like a big shift in in deciding like, oh, well, now now I'm I'm the boss. First of all, there was a huge mind shift in that going from employee to my own boss. But the funny thing is about like my story is it sounds like so glitzy and glamorous, but what what gets left out of that flashy media bio is the like three months of hell and self-doubt where I was sending cold emails like 25 a week. So usually it was like five a day, every week, every day for three months. And for the first like three months, it, it took four, three full months <laughs> to like get a, a like any kind of response to know that like something was working. Um, so that, that part gets left out of that, like, right. Flashy media bio, but that's the reality of it. And so I started sending cold emails basically because one, I didn't have a referral network to start off with two. I had no budget for ads three. I didn't really want to learn ads because again, no budget. I was in this to make money, not spend money. And I just need a client now. So I relied on my email skills that I had learned working at the law firm, those persuasion tactics. And how could I start persuading strangers to work with me? So at the end of those three months, that's when the traction finally came in. That's when things started lining up, mainly because I discovered the relevancy method and what that meant to cold emails and how that that translated into getting someone to actually reply to me. I'm yeah, I'm really glad that you um, sort of touched on. Uh, where is me? Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just just touching upon that, that three month period where it was. Oh my gosh, I'm sending 25 emails a day. I don't know if anyone's ever going to say yes. Uh, you know, can I get this business off the ground? You know, it, it's you're putting yourself out there, and it's already. Like I'm feeling the nerves of that experience because I've had a similar experience mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, the people in my network when I started my business were not going to be clients. They were not ideally, you know, the people I was trying to serve because uh, I, you know, come from a corporate career and um, uh, you're, you're in legal. For me, I was um, in customer service IT. So, it, you know, I wasn't trying to reach IT people like that wasn't where I was going. Um, and but for me, just. Like I had this gut feeling like, oh, my gosh, even the thought of sending a cold email to someone, uh, I'd rather go and eat like mud. Like for me, just... <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've had that kind of emotion going on for you, but um, maybe you have a tougher skin because you come from a legal background. But uh, let's talk about, yeah, just just, uh, you know, I'm sure you learned a ton of mistakes along the way and what didn't work. Right. So in order yeah. to get to what works. Okay, what are some of the common mistakes you know you made, but also you're seeing other people make now? Because I'm sure you're getting pictures in your inbox every day, like I do. Um, so, what are some common or you know two or three issues with cold email as you see them currently? Yeah, the main one that I made and that I see a lot of people making right now is focusing on yourself as the sender of the email. Basically, nobody cares about you. <laughs> it's it's like a hard truth to swallow, but it's true. Everybody cares about themselves. 
So you really have to answer that question for your reader of what's in it for me. And that's what the relevancy method boils down to is how do you figure out what's relevant? What does your reader care about? How can you answer that question for them? And then how can you take all that information, that data that you've, you've researched and uncovered and put it in your email? And that's, that's truly why my emails like just dive bombed in the first um, three months and why it took a while to get replies and then clients. As soon as I figured that out, things changed. Things changed quickly. Um, and that's that's the biggest way that you can see an immediate result in your cold email is if you approach it from your reader's mindset and answer that question for them, like, why should they care about you? What's in it for them? You know, like they're not going to do anything unless you help them see the benefit. And so when you help them see the benefit of like how you can help their business, maybe you're in marketing, like how can you help them? grow their business? How can you help them get more customers? Um, for me, it's it's a pretty like linear path. Like if you're a service provider, you usually need more customers. If you send a cold email, you get a new customer, right? So that's how I could help. But think about it for your own business. How can you help the person that you're cold emailing? And then how can you phrase it in a way that they're like, of course, you know, you're the person I've been looking for. That's really, really powerful. And um, just switching, I guess, we, you know, it's really having empathy for the other person. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't like it when people send us emails saying, hey, do you want to buy my SEO service? Or do you want to, uh, you know, share this blog post that we've done on your, you know, link to it on your website. And, <laughs> you know, I get these, you know, at least five a day and I, 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 I don't even respond to them anymore. I used to have a canned email response where I'm just saying like, you know, what's in it for me? Like that's really <laughs> You know, to be frank, like that's that's what I'm asking, and you know, so um, what would you say then? I think you might have already covered it, but I'm just uh, I'd like to sort of sure. wrap up wrap up that uh, question there with what's the number one question your cold email must answer for your reader to reply yes? And that number one question is what's in it for me? It's a universal human question. It's actually probably the question that I answered for you, uh, kind of in my pitch to help us lead to this conversation today, like. And so that's, if you're, if you're wanting to sell anything, if you're wanting to get anyone to do anything, be it your spouse, be it your cold email reader, be it your kid, you've got to look at it from that point of view and answer their question. What's in it for me? That's uh, so simple and yet so complicated. So <laughs> <It's> hard. <laughs> it's not easy because if it was, we'd all be doing it, right? So, right. Uh, or doing it well. So let me correct that. So uh, let's talk about uh, for those who are kind of new to the topic and maybe they haven't even considered cold email as an option. Maybe they, like me, they, they cast it aside early on <laughs> in the piece and went, I'm going to go and do the Facebook ads. I'm going to do the Facebook groups and the Twitters and all these other things. Um, so let's, let's def how would you define cold email uh, in comparison to other types of emails? Um, and what are the different types of cold emails that you can use um, to grow your business? Yeah, I love that you asked this question because so often people kind of automatically go to like one type of cold email, um, the cold sales email, which is kind of infamous across the internet. But that is not the only type of cold email. So let me like back up a little bit. The definition of a cold email is an email that's sent to a stranger. So basically, you know, you can think of like people as like cold, warm or hot. So hot would be like a good friend. They know what you're up to. They know what you're doing. 
they're super interested in your work. Someone who's warm probably has heard your name in passing, right? Someone who's cold has no idea who you are. You could pass them on the street. They would have no clue who you are. So really a cold email is you're emailing a stranger to get them to take the action that you want them to take. And that doesn't mean like hitting delete, right? That means taking like, in a lot of cases, the cold email, you're asking them to reply to you, right? Or like, let them let you know if they're interested, if you're pitching like a partnership. So there are a handful of types of cold emails. One is that like internet infamous one, the cold sales email, where you're pitching a stranger to get them to become your client. So to like work with you, right? That's the one that everybody thinks of. But you can also use a cold email. A second one is to cold email an expert to get their opinion on a blog post that you're writing. So you need kind of some extra expert juice, right? <laughs> For your blog post. Another type of cold email, the third one, is where you've maybe written a blog post or talked about an expert in a podcast interview. And you reach out to that expert or that company to let them know that, hey, I like showcased your work here. Just thought you'd be interested. This one works really well. It's kind of like one of those stealthy ones, but it's connected me with lots of really cool people like Noah Kagan of AppSumo and um, Rob Walling when he was at Drip. Like it's it's a really effective but stealthy maneuver. Um, and it's really cool because you're basically just highlighting their cool work. The fourth type of cold email that you can use is to pitch a podcast. Pretty straightforward. The fifth is to pitch a webinar or maybe a Facebook Live. So where you're getting on in front of the other person's audience. So more of in line of a partnership, right? Or a collaboration perhaps. Mm. And um, then the sixth one is where you can pitch a, an affiliate partnership. Yeah, where you know you work out some details on, hey, I'll sell your product in exchange for this, or maybe, you know, whatever the details might be, but you can also do that one too. Yeah, I really like all, all the different types that you've highlighted there. Um, so just to recap, we've got sort of cold sales email, which we most of us know about the, the expert opinion email, where yeah. you're asking for an opinion from someone you see is an expert in your industry. Um, you want, there's the third, which is expert outreach, right? So, uh, and I use that one quite often where you, you're mentioning an expert that you've featured in some kind of content. Um, and you're saying, Hey, you know, I mentioned you in this way. Um, I'd like, we'll come back to that. Cause I've got a question around that one. Sure, um, and sure. then we've got pitch a podcast, uh, yeah. pitch, oh, yeah, pitch to get on a podcast, pitch to get on a webinar or a Facebook Live, uh, and then pitch to get an affiliate partnership and discuss how that might work. So uh, let's let's talk back to the expert outreach sure. because you know I get this a lot too. You know, so I get a lot of the cold sales image uh, sales email, and then I get a lot of the expert outreach, um, and a lot of the time it's like I'm as the the expert or, or you know the, the person who's being pitched. I'm always looking at well, how did you feature me? Right. Mm. And, 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 and does it, you know, like, is it just because you linked to my blog? Did you, did you, you know, share a tweet that I, I put out there and you've embedded that in your content? So are there any, uh, and I imagine someone like a Noah Kagan would get a ton of those. So, yeah. so <laughs> I'm wondering, are there any tips or, or insights you have around like standing out? If you're going to do that, if you're going to do the expert outreach method, like, is there something that you can do to really stand out from all the other expert outreach emails they're getting in their, in their inbox? 
Yeah, I would say um, the best option is to make sure that how you're featuring them is juicy. So it's not just like embedding a tweet, like how you said, you know, like, oh, hey, I mentioned you. And you're like, really? That <laughs> that was the mention. And a lot of times when I've done this tactic in the past, it's been I've dissected like a company's email. So I've I've like substantially highlighted them in a pretty hefty blog post, right? Um, that's been the main way that I've used this tactic. So it's it's not just like a quick like, hey, I linked you. It's like a you were like a fourth or a fifth of my blog posts and how I talked about your company and what you were doing and kind of gave you like a mini write-up. And then I dissected, um, I think in the example I gave for Drip, I dissected like one of their onboarding emails for like Noah Kagan. I dissected and used one of the cold emails that he had actually gotten. He had previously Mm -hmm. analyzed it. And then I used his analysis to back up one of my substantial points. And so this, this particular email is in that viral copy hackers blog post. So if you want to see it, um, head over to them and you can see what I mean. Like I, I didn't just like one off reference it. It was, it was pretty substantial in helping me back up a point really. Yeah. Awesome. So I think it's like, Hmm. is this the one? Yeah, this is the one you're awesome. Pulling it up (laughs) right here on the game, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I like to, because people would like to watch these replays on on video. So as well as the audio, but but this is, so they can actually see, like me, I'm a visual learner. So I need to show people this is what's going on. Um, so I yeah, so what we did, I mean, yep. Um, let's see, maybe if I got your table of contents, it's easier. So, which section are we going to? Oh, my, um, <laughs> it could be, I wrote this one a long time ago. Um, it could be, I think if you just keep scrolling, it'll pop out. It's one of the screenshots that has lots of red lighting. Oh, here we go. Wait, go back up just a little bit. Um, yeah. this one, this is the one. So I use this cold email is it's one that Noah got from someone. Right. And he, and he has like his analysis underneath the bolt. So his analysis is in the italics, but I used it to point back up my point of doing research and being relevant to your cold email reader. Um, because Noah was so generous and gave me his point of view. <laughs> it's like he like teed me up for this amazing blog post. So Noah, if you're listening, I owe you one. <laughs> so good. And it's very, it's a very, it's very clever and it shows you've done your homework. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm curious. I mean, this is, this is an epic post. Like this literally is, I don't know how many thousands of words here, but um and also it embeds a lot of screen captures. There's a lot of, yeah. you know, uh, it shows like, just a thought process. Can you take us through, because our audience geek out about all of this stuff. So h- h- how do you, um, just a thought process when you were designing this article, like before you even went to, I'm going to pitch it to copy, or did you start with, I'm going to pitch it to copy hackers? What was the actual, how did you plan this out? And then how did you go from idea to let's get it to copy hackers and then them approving it and getting it onto the site? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, so the the whole thought process was I had met Joanna, the founder of Copy Hackers through a mastermind I did. So if you're hoping to do like a partnership or a collaboration with someone um, who's kind of a bigger name, definitely join one of their like 
masterminds where you can get like face-to-face -face time. And so really, I didn't realize how cool my story was in that I used cold emails to launch my business and grew it so much until someone made a mention of that. And then I was like, oh, this is a unique point. And so in that mastermind that Joanna hosted and put on, she was stressing the, the importance of being visible and getting publicity and getting guest posts. So I was like, of course, I'm going to pitch her. Uh, so I used that starting off point, right? Hey, I was in your, your mastermind. You said to do this. So I'm doing this. I'm pitching you. <laughs> so it. here's my idea, right? Um, and then from there, I followed copy hackers very well thought out process on how to what to include in the pitch what to do with the outline so i would say my main tip is to read their instructions because chances are if you want to do like a guest post or partnership of that kind they likely have some sort of framework for you to follow and chances are they've thought through that process for you already so you don't have to guess you just have to like, hey, I'd like to do this. What's the next step? And, that, and that's such a good point you've made around uh, just understanding their frameworks, what they expect from a piece of content if they're going to publish it. Uh, a lot of blogs, if you go out there and just go look at, you know, they might have a guest contributor section or, or some yeah. kind of link um, or editorial guidelines, and you basically can they, they lay it out for you. Here's the checklist. <laughs> Follow the checklist before you pitch it to us, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other a really uh, cool thing you said there was joining a mastermind, finding, you know, connecting with the editor, the influencer, whoever it may be, um, building some kind of relationship before you go cold pitching, cold pitching them. Because uh, I think, it, well, based on the quality of content, I think you would have gone through anyway with this, but um, it helps that Joanna kind of already knew, oh, this is Laura, we've met before. Um, and I think that, that that just closes the gap between cold and, you know, hot or warm like that they know <laughs> yeah you know this is not a total stranger uh you know because the common uh, sort of tip i hear is oh go join their email list and follow them for some time and then reply to them in that way but if you don't actually read the newsletters if you don't actually like pay attention i'm on your newsletter now but i'm going to pitch you and then you know he's literally pointing to you like he'll point you to his site and go that's the link you know where you have to follow these guidelines uh yeah. and just yeah it, it's it's to me. It sounds like just doing that little bit more than most people would, uh, and, and it really doesn't take that much more time. Like I think it's, it's no, yeah. it, it really doesn't. And I'm glad you brought up that point. It's it's actually like if you think about it, it's not really about the time. If you think about it in terms of like this person is maybe that high school crush that you had, right? And you're like 20 years, 30 years post high school graduation, and you're like. I wonder what that person's up to. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if they're on Facebook. Oh, let me look. I wonder if they're on Twitter. If you approach it from that view viewpoint, it's like oh, way more fun, first of all, to do like research on someone. And it also helps you see them as a human, which is a huge part in overcoming the nerves that you can always, <laughs> always get when you cold email someone. There's always going to be nerves. It's just part of the process. But if you can see them as a person, as a human versus like this, like, oh, this amazing person who's done all this stuff that you would love to do, 
it's going to change the way you approach them. And it's going to make your email like way more friendly and help it stand out from like 99% of the slush that they're probably getting in their inbox where it's all writer focused and all like, oh, if I could hook up my train to this like celebrity, look what they could do for me versus you come in and you're like, look, you're a person, you have problems. I could probably help you. You know, you have a podcast. I'm a fantastic guest. How about we do an interview? That kind of approach works like so much better, so much better. 1000%. Um, what came to my head as you were sharing that was just, do you have any tips around research? Cause I think that's probably yeah. the understated part of this process is actually, um, <laughs> The work you do before you send the email, right? So, um, yeah, what what's what's what works? What what kind of suggestions you might have for for listeners here? Yeah, definitely, it's definitely like your secret weapon. So I would say, do it. Don't skip it. Like first of all, just it's kind of like eating your vegetables. Just do it. Find a good way to do it. For me, I like to roast my broccoli, or pretend that I'm internet stalking my high school crush when I do research. Figure out what works for you, but just do it. So maybe that means like experimenting a little bit in the in the first couple times. Maybe that means setting like a timer for five minutes and what can I figure out in five minutes? But really what you're looking for in all your research is the answer to two different questions, okay? The first question is, what connection do I have to this other person? Think of this as like cocktail small talk, right? Um, back in the days before COVID, when we all used to get together, what are those things that like someone's like, oh, you know, I've got this type of dog. And you're like, oh, I have a golden retriever too. They're so fun. They're perfect with kids, blah, blah, blah. That's a point of connection. That's something that connects you and that other person. So what's your point of connection? It could be like you listen to a podcast interview that someone is on. You use someone's cold email in your copy hackers article, right? Like you reference them in, in a tweet, you gave them like a hat tip to a, like a trick or a book that you just found out about. I actually did this with Tim Stoddart. He's now the owner of um, copy blogger, I think. And I tweeted, like he recommended this book um, by Austin. Oh, I'm going to butcher his name. Oh, I, but I think it's called show your work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the author of um, Steal Like an Artist. And Tim mentioned something in a newsletter email that he put out this week. And so, of course, I like tip my hat to Tim in saying, thank you for recommending this book. And he replied back to my tweet. So that's a connection. So start looking for connections. That's the first thing that you want to do in your research. The second thing that you want to do is to figure out how you help them solve their problem. So it's kind of like a loaded question, but really you need to like work a little bit backwards, figure out what their problem is, and then figure out how you can help them solve that problem. And then tell them that in the email. Be clear, be, be super clear, which is a lot harder than it sounds. Um, but just be clear, like, don't be afraid to like, just say it as it is. Like, you know, I can, I can help you get more website visitors because of this past client, like, right. You could tie in a case study to help support your, 
your proof, give you some proof in that. If you have that, that would be a great spot to use like a little case study from a former client, um, that kind of thing. Just help them see how you can help them solve their problem. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. All right. You know I'm going to jump in on the case study conversation. Of so, course. I um, tried to tee you up. <laughs> You're amazing. Um, before we go there, I want to just quickly uh, let everyone know that uh, Laura's kindly shared two of her cold email templates that you can go away and, and look at and, and some examples of, of cold emails that, that have been used before as well that have worked. Um, just head over to uh, lauralowpitch.com forward slash authentic influence. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes, but certainly go and grab that because um, I'm no, you know, like the, the, the learning and the lessons I hear, but until you see examples and you see templates, yeah. that's kind of, that's how I work. Like that's where I really can decode things. Um, so check that out. Now let's, uh, Let's go into. Let's talk about case studies, right? So, yeah, um, yeah when you're uh, when you're doing when you're writing the cold pitch, okay, you've done your research, you've worked out, hey, like this is uh, who this person is or this organization is. This is what they're, you know, this is how I can help them. This is where we connect, or there's a connection here some way. Um, and we're going to get sit. Now we're sitting down. We've got you know our, our notepad, whatever it is that our writing tool is open. Um, and so the first question I have is subject line, right? So. And I get stuck there. I'm like, what do I put in the subject line? So, um, what, what's, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Do we get really clever with that and creative, or is it really straightforward? You can do, you can do either. I've, I've tried out either. A lot of times, I like to go for kind of the compliments, um, but a, an ambiguous compliment. So, like, uh, so you could say something. For example, if you're cold emailing an expert to tell them that you featured them in an, in an article, you can say featured you on Kissmetrics, right? So it's, there's a compliment in there, but it's also like, wait, I'd like to know more. So it's ambiguous enough that they're like, okay, like how did you feature me and tell me more details. So that's a really good, good goal for a subject line because really the subject line has like one job, <laughs> one job only which is to get your email opened because if your email doesn't get opened they your reader can't take action so i like to go shorter rather mm. than longer in subject lines just because they tend to stand out more in the inbox so i would say the best idea is to go into your inbox and just look at the length of the subject lines and start thinking about if i emailed my friend how could i get my email to stand out in this type of inbox, what would I put? Like, I, I think I, I sent a pitch email that said, um, the subject line was like, holy French toast. <laughs> and I was like, I think I have a good enough sense of like the reader's humor. And I think you would get it, but it's still like, it's always going to be a bit of a gamble. Um, so definitely install tracking. I know in today's world, like Privacy is big and a lot of people have that turned off on their phones, but still just installing some sort of tracking on your emails will help you see whether or not your email got opened, which will help you get better at writing better subject lines. 
Yeah, I really like uh, keeping it short. It also, now that most people are accessing through their, you know, if it's their phone or, or yeah. you know, iPads, you don't have a lot of space really um, yeah. for long, yeah, email subjects. Um, and I like, you know, just that, your point around curiosity. So get them curious enough to go, oh, okay, you've, you've hooked me. Let, let me, like, tell me more. Um, and that kind of works with, you know, like you say, with your friends or you're sending them a text message or a WhatsApp message, it's, it's really short and like, hey, um, cool movie, check this out. Like, you don't really say much. It's very, yeah, yeah you know, um, and you're selling the benefit in that, 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 that subject line. Okay, now let's move to uh, the body of the email and, and specifically how you would incorporate case studies or where you've used case studies, um, particularly in, in the case where we're putting together a sales email pitch, right? Okay. So we're saying, okay, um, you know, like after I, I provide content services and I like you do, uh, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I want to work with a certain type of client. So I'm sending them a pitch. Um, maybe they've seen my stuff before. Maybe most likely they haven't. So um, where can case studies be utilized and, and how would you use them in the story? <laughs> Yeah, so I would say definitely using them in a cold sales email is way more effective. Um, I haven't tried them in the other types of cold emails, but I have tried them in cold sales emails and they have done really well. I've used them with a couple of my private clients and I think one of the my clients, she saw, let me think, she saw like, um, she was seeing like a 30% open rate on her emails that jumped to 50%. And then she was getting an amazing click-through rate. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was double digits, 10%, going from oh. like 0.1% before. When we did a story-based um, cold email sequence. So it was kind of like a Netflix style <laughs> sequence where it was like, stay tuned for the next, like, I amped up the pressure a little bit. Stay tuned for like tomorrow's email where you're going to see what I did next. Um, and we used her founder story in there. But I've also used that same type of sequence in telling this, the customer story. So basically a case study. And that did really well for another private client. And they started booking sales calls off of that sequence. So I would say, think of how, how can you... What story is your reader going to relate with the most? And then how can you tell that story in a really engaging way? And it doesn't all have to fit like within one email. You can, you can splice it out and you can say, hey, like the first email is centered on the problem. And then the second email, you agitate it. And then the third email, here's the solution. Like they worked with me, right? Or whatever your solution is. That's a really cool way of using stories and that case study um, in different ways than you might have thought with just like kind of the standard like PDF case study. Okay, I think I'm, I, might, I might be frozen. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, going? All right, uh, let's keep going. Can you hear me, Laura? Yeah, you're still good. Yeah, I think okay. you're caught up All now. Right. It's just Australia to US connection. It's a bit weird sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I love what you said there about just the structure. You know, you're using the problem agitate solution framework, uh, which is a copywriting framework uh, that, that a lot of our listeners would know about. Um, and then within that, you're saying, you know, utilize a, a story of an example of you've, you've talked about, okay, here's a problem to identify through my research. I see you might need some help here. Here's, uh, you know, a, 
example of how I've been able to help another client do this. Now, what if you're starting out? Let's go back to when Laura didn't have all these clients <laughs> and didn't start out, all right, and you didn't have the case studies yet. So how, how would you tweak that email, um, you know, to make it compelling enough to get onto that, just even that discovery call? Um, yeah. 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 So that's a good question. So you need to figure out where you've previously done the same work that you're pitching, especially if you don't have any clients and you've never done, say, this particular project before. Where have you done work that feels similar or maybe the process was similar to what you're pitching? So, for example, in the beginning, I was pitching um, customer success stories, case studies, basically. I thought I, I still think they're really fun and really cool. So what I pitched was customer success stories. I'd never done one, but I had written an interview based blog post, which followed the same process. So I used that blog post as my example, um, as like a, you can check out, you know, how did I word it? I said, you can check out, you know, my other work or uh, a blog post that I did. I think I actually called it a case study. That's kind of ballsy thinking about it right now. <laughs> but <Laura. laughs> um, I think that that email is in that copy hackers post too, but it's been a while since I sent one of those. Um, yeah, I think it, I think I, I referenced it that way and said like, Hey, you can check out this or you can check out the results that I got. Man, I wasn't expecting this question. Um, <laughs> it's something along those lines. But you basically figure out what you've done before that translates very closely to what you're pitching now. Um, and say, like, I'm going to bring that up right now. But... And then you can, there's like a little bit of like a word tweak where you can use it. And it's, it's not like a huge word tweak, but it really is just like, I've, I've kind of done this before, basically. Let me see. Oh yeah, here. I said recently I helped um, a travel product company boost awareness and blow their funding goal out of the water with a case study. You can check it out here. So in this case, I did use the language like I did it as a case study, right? But yeah. I don't actually know how many people ever clicked through. It was more like a, a comfort blanket, to be honest with you, where it, people were like, oh, she's maybe done this before. She's including a link, right? Or they looked through to it and they were like, I like her style, so I'm going to reply yes. But yeah, really, you just want to reassure your cold email reader that like you're not some crazy person in the basement, right, where you're going to take their money and never show up and do the work. You want to prove that you're legit. You want to prove that you're professional. Um, so this is a good spot where you when once you start getting testimonials or like case studies, this is a good spot to start. Like, just look quick little line. Like my last client saw this result, or here's what someone had to say about working with me. That can also do the same thing. 
that's so cool and thanks for sharing that example too because i think (laughs) relate to that um and this is the thing like we don't need to be perfect right like we've been putting these things we're testing and you're always testing and you're seeing what works and what doesn't work and you after you know certain number of emails you'll get data points uh, and you'll say okay that worked really nicely Um, i'm going to uh share my screen here i've I'm just pulled up one of the emails that someone cold pitched to me um, oh, and i'd like to get the, the experts opinion on, on where they went wrong and and you know and what could be tweaked here to make it a lot better okay so let's can you see this on the screen Laura? yeah i can okay. yeah yeah so the subject cool. was web mobile development and digital marketing okay um do you like it would, would you change it a little bit it's like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> first of all like who other than sales emails like caps every word, right? It's like nobody writes like that. So write like a human, first of all. Um, tell me maybe like a little bit about why I should care, first of all. This is and also this length looks like it would disappear in my inbox. So yeah. um think about like what we talked about, like how can you be a little curiosity inducing? How can you stand out? Maybe that's using unusual punctuation. That's worked really well for me in the past, but how can you make it look different? How can you, this is, this is the part where all of that programming from like through what middle school, through high school of don't be different, get into the crowd. you got to get the same shoes as everybody. you got to have the same hairstyle. This is the part where all that programming, you just have to be like, that's done. We're, we're finished with you. I have to be different. This is the part where you have to embrace that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, now we're moving to the first sentence, the greeting. The greeting is interesting. It just literally says hello. There's no name. There's no nothing. It's just hello. Um, yeah. Is that okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a copy-paste job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So, you know, it helps to say, hey, Laura, or hey, Anne, right? Yeah, um, or like, what's up, or... Like at yeah. least make it sound like friendly. Um, <laughs> and well, this is also, the friendly part here, right? So the friendly part is, I hope you're doing great. Well, I think that's as opposed friendly. to what? Like as if you're doing horrible? Like seriously. <laughs> Come on. It. Like you could at least say like, hope your 2022 is off to a great start. Like at yeah. least have some relevance. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and I've deliberately pulled the person's name out here. I don't want to, you awesome. know, like. Yeah. Thing. I, I, they, then the next sentence was, hey, I'm A, that the name, so name is there, um, cool. which, you know, intro. Okay, here we go. Being a digital agency, we believe you get a lot of clients who come across a lot of technology needs, and it's important that you are able to cater to one of them. Um, I'm feeling that's not very personalized. Like, it doesn't <laughs> feel like, like they've done any research on what my challenges are. Like, that's kind of, yes, of course, every digital, ag- or big, yeah. Yeah, digital agency has that kind of issue. Um, yeah. or has that, that, that desire, um, but where would you say that could be better, done better? Or how could it be done better? I would say like, this is a good spot, this like beginning part of your email called the hook, because you're literally reaching out. It's like a fish hook. You're like reaching out and trying to hook your reader's attention and to keep them glued to the screen so they don't get distracted by the millions of notifications, right? Hmm. So what can you say here that would hook them? Nine times out of 10, it's going to be a compliment. Just because compliments work so well, there's been research that's been done that shows your brain fires 
Like when you receive a compliment, your brain fires in the same way it would if I gave you cash, like cold, hard money, cash, your brain yeah. interprets a, like a compliment in that same fashion. So how can you give your reader some cash? How can you like, you know, brag on them a little bit as Brian Harris says, um, he's the founder of Video Fruit. And he, I love that phrase, like, how can you brag on them? Everybody doesn't want to brag about themselves, but they would love it if you bragged a little bit about them, to them, to their face. So how could you do that? So that's the spot where you want to do it. Um, really don't like waste that. this space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'd go more than just saying, hey, I love your podcast or I love yeah. your blog. Like I think that's so, like everyone does that. I think <laughs> if you can get very specific to, hey, I love this episode where you had Laura on, you talk about email marketing, that's very relevant to what we do. Um, maybe condense that to a sentence, but um, yeah. Or, or like what, what you did with Noah, where, hey, I featured you in this article, take a look, like that's really uh, I think people like to see that you've taken an effort to do something. You've added value somewhere before you, you know, you're sending this email to them. Um, yeah, definitely. And on that point, if you have a takeaway or they change something in your life or your business because of their content, tell them. Because a lot of times we just take in more information and more content and it makes a difference, but we never go back to the person who gave us that idea or gave us that aha moment to let them know like, Hey, what you did made a huge difference. And here's what I'm doing with that information. That's what they really want to hear. Not just that, Hey, I'm a big fan of your podcast, but like what you guys talked about, like really changed my approach to cold email marketing. And I'm going to be doing blah, blah, blah from now on. It's like, that is gold right there. Yeah. Yeah. You've made an impact to me in some way. That's yeah. kind of what you're communicating. Right. Um, let's move on. So we've got, however, the okay, now they've moved into a challenge. They've, in, they've sort of introduced a challenge, then they've gone into a right. deeper, expanded on the challenge. The <laughs> bottleneck is technical limitation, which you may have in, in-house. However, you don't want to lose out. And that's where our company plays an important role. Now they're kind of moving into the benefit, which is we've got 150 plus skilled workers full time, et cetera, who have your back. Um, what would you do differently here? What's in it for me? Why should I care? Why do I need this? Do I need this? How do I tell if I need this? If I'm spending 60 plus hours working in my business a week and I'm not happy, does that make me need this? Or if I'm spending 20 hours a week working in my business, do I still need this? Why do I care? How can you answer that question for them? How can you help them see that what you are offering is the solution to their problem. Because as soon as you, as soon as you put that on the page for them, they're gonna say, oh, you know, Amph understands my problem. I really wanna work with him. Cause he put it on the page, of course he understands. So of course he's gonna be able to know how to solve the problem. And I think that's where, if you have a case study, that could be very relevant. If you Heck could yes. share, you know, yeah, this is, this is what, Darren had this is the challenge he had before you know we started working together yeah. and couldn't sleep at night because he's working 80 hours a week and you know he just had a baby and like you probably yeah. saw some of that story right yeah yeah exactly that tell a little story here um and you can even follow that same problem agitation solution which dovetails really nicely into your call to action at the end and say would you like to get on a, on a 15 minute call to discuss how we can make this work for you all it right, leads so you so nicely into that. 
hundred percent. Okay, so now we get to the call to action. I think your call to action is great. What's wrong with the call to action? There's no, there's no action. There's no call. He says, "Let's connect." Okay, cool. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> you just put this on me. Okay, I, I have enough work. I'm moving on. But if you ask a question. Humans are naturally inclined to want to answer that question. We don't like to leave it unanswered, which is kind of why movie trailers work so well. Like, why is Tom Cruise hanging off the side of an airplane? What happened? How is the world going to end this time? I need these answers. So just use that. Put one question in your email. Make it the call to action. Put it at the end. Um, I will say that A did a good job in breaking up the space on the page. I'm assuming yeah. that you copied and pasted kind of directly from their email. Yeah. So definitely keep that in mind because as you mentioned earlier, people are reading emails on this like tiny little screen, right? That computer we carry around in our pockets. So keep in mind that that is probably the screen people are reading on not like I'm looking at a monitor that's like 20 inches, right? Like it's big. It's going to, my email is going to look a lot different on a big monitor versus that small screen. So use frequent paragraph breaks. And, and this person, A, did a good job of that. Good job, A. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know if A is ever going to watch this, but, but uh, maybe I should send this video to, to them. Um, that would but, be interesting. So, <laughs> so, and then go sign up for Laura's course uh, training because I think there's a lot of work. <laughs> um, all right. So look, Laura, I think that was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, just that was awesome. A cold email. Uh, let's stop the sharing. I'm going to remind everyone, uh, if you want to go and grab some two cold, e cold email templates, Laura, share that with us. Just go to laurolopich.com. Uh, uh, I should spell it out. It's L-O-P-U-C-H. Um, so that's laurolopich.com forward slash authentic influence. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, so please do go and grab all those things and check out what she's working on. Uh, we're going to wrap up the interview. I mean, I, I have a ton of things I could ask you and I might bring it back. Uh, at, at I'd stage. love to come back. I love the email breakdown idea. That was awesome and brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, yeah, let's, let's just show people how, what, you know, where we can fix, you know, things with real, yeah. real story. So um, let's uh, wrap up with a couple of questions I have, uh, which is sort of move, uh, common questions I get a lot. Uh, sure. One is where can... If someone is wanting to become, um, they're looking to hire, okay, they're looking to hire a great content writer or someone who's great at email marketing or whatever it may be, uh, what would you say, what what are three, uh, a couple of skills that or traits you feel uh, mm -hmm. great marketers have? Wow. Um, I would say that great marketers usually have an abiding curiosity, like it's insatiable. They're always wanting to like try and experiment, ask more questions, figure things out. And part of the asking questions is like not asking questions just of the work, but also of like, who's using this and how are they using it? And how can we help them use it better? Or how can I tell them a story that would help them understand what we do in a better way? Cause it seems like they're confused. And the other thing is that I would say Thinking with empathy is probably a big one. And that when you're thinking with empathy, you're thinking from the viewpoint of the other person, the person that you're really marketing to, that 
you know, or who you're writing for if you're a content writer um, and approaching what you're doing, your work through that viewpoint as opposed to your viewpoint of maybe knowing a little bit more or being further along the journey, but how can you how can you step into their shoes, so to speak, and approach it that way? And that's a common thread. I think uh, definitely a key message that comes up from this conversation and just the way you speak is, you know, um, you're very empathetic as a human being. Uh, I, I would love at some another stage to dig into just you know <laughs> where, where you develop that. Um, but let's let's make it practical practical for our listeners. So, do you have a? Can you recommend a resource, a book, a podcast, a documentary, whatever it may be, a course mm-hmm. uh, where people can really learn the skill of empathy um, and, and really understanding customers? You know what? The person that jumps to mind is actually Brene Brown and. She talks a lot, if if you guys aren't familiar, but she talks a lot about vulnerability and um, connecting and human relationship. Um, so I would say one of her books, Daring Greatly, is a really good one to start with. It touched a lot of themes, um, especially as an entrepreneur. I would say start there and see what kinds of things pop up for you because she does talk a lot about empathy and how to relate that kind of thing great great resource um i'd also related to brene she's got a net uh, a documentary on netflix so if you does haven't she? seen that yeah she does it like it's a i think it's like a 90 minute or a 60 minute talk and it's fantastic oh, cool. like it's yeah she, like she shares some really and this is the thing about her she's very vulnerable so she talks about mm-hmm. some of the you know she tells she shares a story of how her and her husband went swimming at, at, at a camp on a lake or something and had in that moment there was something that came up that really challenged her um understanding of leadership uh which mm. is it's really cool anyway yeah uh daring greatly and check out the netflix documentary um yeah. okay so final question for you laura and i appreciate uh, we've gone a bit over time but uh, um <laughs> we had funny. a bit of fun with the breakdown and everything so that's cool um yeah. what's you know uh, one or two things that you do uh for your own mental well-being and and, and mm. health Oh my gosh. I love this question. I've been thinking a lot about this topic. I mean, this, by the way, it could be like, if anybody's listening, I would love to talk like for days about this topic. (laughs) Um, Partially. So really the two things that I try to do every day is to go for a walk and get outside and like, just move. Um, Something about movement just really First of all, it unlocks all those like that, like dam of thoughts that you kind of carry around in your head all day. And you're like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do this. And sometimes you get lost in like the to-do list. But once you take a walk, everything kind of sorts itself out. And especially if I'm having trouble in figuring out how I want to talk about something, maybe I'm like struggling with an email or like, especially with pitches, like, how do I want to approach this, this person? What's my thread of connection? How do I want to like brag on them? How do I want to give them a compliment? I go for a walk and by the end of it, I'm like the email is like written. It's unbelievable how your mind can work when you just get outside and let it do its thing. The other thing that I really like to do and that has helped me a lot is some sort of meditation. I use Headspace. I've been using it for a couple of years now. 
And I've also started using breath work, which is also really cool. Um, my business coach, Kathleen O, I think her website is coachkathleeno.com. She has like a free breath work session on there. And it breath work just, if you're not familiar with it, it like unlocks all those emotions that you kind of like bury inside yourself to get through your day or maybe your week or maybe your year, whatever it might be. <laughs> but breath work really helped me navigate both like COVID, lockdown, new baby and business kind of all in one in the course of like one month, basically. Um, I basically had a new baby thing. Lockdown happened and I'm still like running a business and it's like, how do I deal with all of that? Breathwork really helps a lot in in moving those emotions out. That's so powerful. Uh, and congratulations on, on the, the new one. Um, <laughs> like, I think there's, yeah, you made a really good point there about just taking, giving yourself space to um, allow things to to fester and, and really and, and like, I wouldn't say analyze, but definitely feel into, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on when you are, uh, perhaps you're juggling multiple identities. Like you say, I'm the mother and then I'm, I'm the entrepreneur or the business owner and I'm, I'm, you know, the wife or the husband or whatever these, these, these things are. Um, and, and how often do we give ourselves space and time just to sit with, um, I read a really great, um, I'm following this person on, on IG and I'm not sure you are, but her name's, um, well, not her name, but, uh, the profile is uh, holistic. Let me just bring it up because I think this is like my favorite IG account right now. <laughs> yes, um, please share. Uh, it's the holistic psychologist. That's the the, the username, okay. uh, and her name's Dr. Nicole Lapera, mm -hmm. and she shared a. Uh, I'll link this to the show notes. So she shared a um, post yesterday, which is is the, the title of the post. It's a, it's a, she does a lot of these carousel things, uh, and it's it's titled. Let's talk about friendship breakups. Um, mm. And it, it's all about, like, she brings to light, and this is what I like about her, her feed, is she brings up to light. Uh, we talk a lot about romantic relationships. We talk about marriages. We talk about parenting. Um, but how often do we actually talk about how natural it is for friendships to break up? Um, oh, my gosh, yeah. All right? And, and that, you know, when you're being ghosted, uh, you know, by a friend perhaps that you've known for years or maybe you've done that to them uh, unconsciously and you're not deliberately saying, hey, I'm going to avoid someone. Uh, it's maybe because you've just evolved or they've evolved uh, mm. and other things have popped into their life. Like, you know, things get in, you know, come in the way or, or develop. You know, like I got married, uh, both myself and my wife didn't spend as nearly as much time as we did with, with, with our single friends that we did before <laughs> when we got married. Um, these sort of things. And it's still, hey, we still love you, but... Um, at the same time, you know, we've got someone really important here in the world. Like I'm sure Laura, you, with, with your, your child, you know, like that's number one, you know, like that's the focus right now. Um, and, and we don't always have the conversations or the grieving around losing friendships. We don't sit there and say, Hey, yeah. like that was a really important person in my life for five years or 10 years through high school. And we don't connect anymore. And that's okay. You know, I still care for them. Um, and it doesn't, we, we tend to think, you know, like there's me ranting about friendships here, but, um, it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's related to yeah, just what you were saying about um, doing breath work, and that's allowing you to access different emotions and thoughts and processes that you're going through, uh, and and you know, bring you back to something that I meditation I do is just to hand on hand on. I learned this from Tony Robbins, hand on the heart, and you just really give gratitude to 
you know, being alive and the fact that your heart is beating because that in itself is a miracle. Uh, yeah. You know, because in order for you to be here listening to this episode, you know, this us talking here, um, you know, a lot of different things had to go right for, for you to be here today, right? Like, you know, and continue to go right because, you know, I had a, a family member who was less than 15 years old pass away and they had a situation that was kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, you're too young, you know, the, the, the thing is you're too young to die. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, anyway, uh, thank you so much for sharing just some of these things. I, I definitely feel that could be a total, completely different uh, episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, like I, um, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Great uh, question. All right, so, so we will uh wrap it up here. We've gone uh just on the hour. Uh, again, two cold email templates that Laura's sharing with us, Laura lowpitch.com forward slash offensive influence. Check out our website as well. Um, are you on? Oh, well, you're definitely on Twitter. Um, what's your handle on Twitter again? It's waiting to be read. Yeah, waiting to. Be, and I'm sure there's a story there somewhere. Um, and uh, are you on any of the other socials? I am. I'm on Instagram. I'm quite honestly not very uh, active on any of them. It, the easiest <laughs> way to get in touch with me is really to sign up for my email list. Um, and then hit reply to an email. That's that's generally it. where my focus goes, to be honest with you. But I am on Instagram. It's Laura Lopich. And I'm on Twitter. I might not see your message for a couple weeks. But you are guaranteed to see. I will definitely see your email if you sign up for my <laughs> list and hit reply. Because that's where I that's where I am. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and just just for those who are curious about, you know, okay, if, if, if I'm wanting to learn more about this email marketing and, and uh, you have, um, a pro is it a program? What is it that you, you, kind of the core thing that you help, the way you help your clients? Yeah. So I, I do have a program. It's called Zero Opens to Full Pipeline. Um, and if you do get those templates, you will be added to my list. You will know about when the program opens. Um, but really, if you want to get started like now, kind of quick and dirty with cold sales emails, I would highly recommend my cold email toolkit. And you can, um, yep, exactly. You've got it all lined up. Thank you very much. It's just lauralopage.com forward slash cold email toolkit. And in there, you can get templates for sending a cold email, the cold sales email. So you can get like a one-to-one -one client uh, really quickly. You can, you can really get, go from like blank page, well, not blank page, because I'm giving you a template, but to finish cold email in as little as two hours with this toolkit. So you can get up and running and get started with cold emails if that, that sounds interesting to you, if that's your jam. That's awesome. Uh, we'll definitely link to, link to that. And I would recommend you. you do that because as someone who's written emails from scratch and then sometimes they take a lot longer than two hours. Oh um, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when you have a framework to follow, it just makes life a lot more simpler and you know so it's a proven easier. framework. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So thank you so much, Laura, for joining us today. For all of you who are listening, if you have any uh, tweetables or whatever may, you got some insight from this, please uh, share with us and tag myself, tag Laura. Uh, we always love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to you know, leave a review or whatever it may be, I welcome those too. Thanks so much, Laura, for joining us. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to have you back because there's a lot more we can jam on. Um, <laughs> I'd love it. So much for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you all real soon. Thank you.
Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, If you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authentic Influence Podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co.